I'm Samantha Sherris. I'm John Pop. And this is the Daily Signal Top News for Thursday, May 11th. Here are today's headlines. As we've reported on this show before, the public health measure known as Title 42 ends tonight. Our colleague Virginia Allen reports that an estimated 13,000 illegal aliens are expected to cross the U.S.-Mexico border every day beginning Thursday, which is more than double the daily average in March. Title 42, which was enacted under the Trump administration, has allowed Border Patrol to quickly expel some illegal aliens from the country. Without the measure, Border Patrol has little power under the policies of the Biden administration to turn away illegal aliens. With illegal alien encounters expected to rise with the end of Title 42, the Biden administration has announced a new asylum rule effective once Title 42 expires. The new rule requires illegal aliens to first seek asylum in another country they travel through and be denied before they seek asylum in the U.S. However, Simon Hankinson, a senior research fellow in the Heritage Foundation's Border Security and Immigration Center, told the Daily Signal the asylum rule simply directs everyone towards using the made-up illegal mass parole programs that the Biden administration erroneously labels lawful pathways by using the CBP One mobile app to get a parole appointment at an interior airport. In the long run, Hankinson continued, this won't discourage anyone. Those who can use the parole app process will. Those who can't will just come anyway and cross illegally. The best we can hope for is that the new asylum rule reduces flows about as much as Title 42 did. And things remain status quo, a poorly managed disaster. Daily Signal senior reporter Mary Margaret Olihan and Heritage Foundation digital production specialist Tim Kennedy have been on the ground in El Paso, Texas, covering the border chaos. They are joining us now. Mary Margaret, I want to start with you, and if you could just tell us what you're seeing on the ground in El Paso. Tim and I got here on Tuesday evening to cover the end of Title 42. That will take place at midnight tonight, and we're expecting that there will be a lot more migrant crossing between now and this evening, as well as tomorrow. We've been going to different checkpoints along the border, including Gate 40, Gate 42, and these are really interesting places to go to because you will see migrants coming out of the gate, or you will see the Border Patrol officials going in. We sent our drone up, and that's really cool because you can see on, through the drone footage how these illegal immigrants are congregating on the other side of the wall and then coming through to go into the United States where they're bused off their locations that we don't actually know where they are. It seems that some of them are being sent to shelters, some of them are being sent to hotels, and then they're being helped to be put on planes and go to other cities around the nation. Wow, that is super interesting. Tim, I want to get your thoughts and hear um, what you've been seeing. I know you've been able to capture a lot of drone footage at the border, much of which is on the Daily Signal's Instagram and Twitter pages, as well as Mary Margaret's Twitter. Um, what are you seeing and what has been you know, the most shocking thing that you've seen so far? You know, it's funny. It's like you see this depiction and movies and on the news of this big urban divide between Juarez and El Paso. Um, 
and I got to be honest, it's like that times like 50. It's just, it's very on point. And I would say the most shocking thing is how you go up to the border wall and there's a mound. So you can't see over this hump. But when you throw up the drone, it just reveals hundreds upon hundreds of migrants, like Mary Margaret was saying, lining up on the other side because they know that they're just going to be just put on buses and brought to a shelter. And when they get to that shelter, they can just roam free. We were just at one earlier today, and we were talking to one of the volunteers, and she was very nonchalantly just saying, yes, you know, at night or even during the day, we, you know, we give them room and board, but then they just kind of disappear throughout the middle of the day, and we don't know where they go, and they come back for meals. But, yeah, no, the border is um, definitely open. 42 under this administration doesn't really seem to be doing much. So it will be interesting to see what happens at midnight, especially. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What has the vibe been like on the ground? Have you guys been able to talk to any migrants? Yes. So this morning we went to the El Paso Rescue Mission, um, and that's uh, just a couple of different buildings in the city of El Paso where they've been housing some of these migrants. Uh, We talked to a young man and his girlfriend who told us that they were college sweethearts, and these two individuals had a very scary story they told of leaving Venezuela for economic reasons, and they said that they had to take a train where they had to lie on top of the train and hold on for their lives for three days. Um, and if they had let go, they, according to them, they would have fallen off and died. Um, and they said that they took this train when they finally got to Mexico, then they crossed over. Um, but, you know, this was all through the work of smugglers. Uh, and they said that they would have done it again because they really wanted to come to the United States, and uh, they were seeking asylum for economic reasons, which we have found very interesting uh, because, as we know, typically when you seek asylum, it should be for reasons of persecution. So in addition to talking to any migrants, have you guys been able to talk to any Border Patrol agents? Like, have they been saying anything about the situation that's unfolding? Yes, we spoke to a Border Patrol agent yesterday morning outside one of these gates. They are very helpful when we speak to them. A lot of the information they give us is what's already out there. They don't really want to speculate on what's going to happen. But across the board, we're hearing that everyone's anticipating the situation will become a lot more uh, overwhelming following the end of Title 42. Uh, We've already seen a lot of people trying to cross in the last couple of days, I believe, in the southwestern border, according to numbers that authorities released earlier today, there were 10,000 crossings on Tuesday, 10,000 on Monday, and 10,000 on Wednesday. And those are rough numbers. They weren't exactly 10,000. But that is a lot of migrants in the past three days coming across the border illegally into our country. Wow, that is crazy. Before we go, I just wanted to let you guys tell our audience uh, and our listeners how they can follow your reporting as you cover Title 42 being lifted. Yes, yeah, so you can follow us, um, obviously, at DailySignal.com, on the Daily Signal YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find my coverage at Mary Marg Olihan on Twitter and Tim's coverage. Tim, you want to share? Yep. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Tim Kennedy Jr. 1. Nice. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, Stay safe down there, and we look forward to following more of your reporting.
Awesome. Thanks, Sam. Our colleague Rob Bluey is reporting that Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville, a Republican, once again stymied his Democratic colleagues from approving nearly 200 promotions for military generals and flag officers while also picking up an ally in his ongoing dispute with the Pentagon over its new abortion policy. The latest standoff took place Wednesday evening when Senator Michael Bennett, a Democrat from Colorado, asked for unanimous consent to move forward with the nominations. As he has done repeatedly, Tuberville objected. This time, Senator Roger Marshall, Republican of Kansas, stood by his colleague. Marshall said the policy is immoral, taking Department of Defense abortions from less than 20 per year to over 4,000 abortions annually. It's beyond me why the White House wants to pick this fight. The policy is illegal. It forces taxpayers to subsidize abortion in violation of federal law. Marshall's estimate comes from a Rand Corporation study analyzing the Pentagon's new abortion policy which Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin implemented in February by executive fiat months after the Supreme Court's decision overturning Roe v. Wade. The new policy allows U.S. service members and their families to obtain taxpayer-funded abortions. Tuberville warned Austin in October to steer clear of a divisive abortion agenda at the Pentagon or face the prospect that military nominations wouldn't receive a Senate vote. Yet the defense secretary did so anyway. Austin is now engaged in an all-out campaign backed by seven of his predecessors to pressure Tuberville to drop the hold. Speaking on the Senate floor Wednesday, Tuberville took aim at Austin for his refusal to abandon the abortion policy. Tuberville said Secretary Austin blew up 40 years of tradition and agreement. There was no debate in the Senate. There was no debate in the House. And here's why. They didn't have the votes. The administration couldn't change abortion laws here in the Senate or in the House. So they wrote a memo. We will include a link to Rob's full article in today's show notes. NBC is reporting that Disney shares sank nearly 9% following Disney Plus subscriber losses for the most recent quarter. The company lost 4 million subscribers for Disney Plus. According to Bloomberg, Disney's direct-to-consumer segment lost $659 million in the fiscal second quarter. Bloomberg also reports that Disney CEO Bob Iger plans to combine Disney Plus content and Hulu on a single app later in 2023. Outkick founder Clay Travis tweeted earlier today saying in part, Disney's stock is down massively today as the collapse of cable and satellite combined with the end of streaming growth has Disney screwed in both directions. Only the amusement parks are saving them right now. As you'll recall from our previous reporting, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has been seeking to end Disney World's self-governing status that it has enjoyed for decades. Disney recently filed a lawsuit against DeSantis, claiming the governor had launched a targeted campaign of government retaliation against the House of Mouse. DeSantis dismissed the lawsuit, saying, I don't think the suit has merit. The battle between DeSantis and Disney began over a year ago on March 8, 2022, when the Florida Senate followed the Florida House in passing legislation to bar formal instruction on gender identity and sexual orientation in kindergarten through third grade. Former President Donald Trump joined CNN's Caitlin Collins for a town hall in New Hampshire on Wednesday evening. Trump and Collins discussed a number of topics, including the ongoing war in Ukraine, if he feels he owes former Vice President Pence an apology over January 6th, and the verdict from earlier this week finding he sexually assaulted and defamed E. Jean Carroll. 
Trump posted to Truth Social after the verdict that I have no idea who this woman who has made a false and totally fabricated accusation is. Hopefully justice will be served on appeal. Trump also weighed in on the ongoing debt ceiling debate. Let's take a listen to what Trump had to say via CNN's YouTube. As you know, the U.S. right now could be just three weeks away from defaulting on its debt. That could mean millions of jobs lost, people not getting their Social Security payments. People believe it would put the U.S. economy into a recession. Um, on that topic, I want to bring in Marta Cervea, a student here at St. Anselm. She is an undeclared voter who did not vote in 2020. Marta, what's your question? Hi, Mr. President. Hi, uh, so my question is, what do you think about the United States' current debt situation, and how can we move forward? Uh, such an important question. So we're at $33 trillion, a number that nobody ever thought possible. When we had our economy rocking and rolling just prior to COVID coming in, like literally, we were making a fortune. And oil, we were going to make so much money from oil, we were going to start paying off debt. But then with COVID coming in, we had to do other things. We had to keep this country alive because it was so serious. But we have to get the country back. We have to lower energy prices. We have to lower interest rates. Interest rates are through the roof. Energy has to come down. It all has to come down. And we have to start paying off debt. But when we have a debt limit, and they use that very seriously to me. They came in, Schumer came in with Nancy Pelosi, and they were using it. We'll violate it. We'll do whatever. They talked a whole lot different than they do right now. I say to the Republicans out there, congressmen, senators, if they don't give you massive cuts, you're going to have to do a default. And I don't believe they're going to do a default because I think the Democrats will absolutely cave because you don't want to have that happen. But it's better than what we're doing right now because we're spending money like drunken sailors. So you know just to be clear, Mr. President, you think the U.S. should default if the White House does not agree to the spending cuts Republicans well, are demanding? We might as well do it now because you'll do it later because we have to save this country. Our country is dying. Our country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. You once said that using the, that using the debt ceiling as a negotiating wedge uh, just could not happen. You, you said that sure. when you were in the That's Oval Office. That's when I was president. To, so why is it different now that you're out of office? Because now I'm not president. <laughs> Trump also talked about January 6th rioters and said that he was inclined to pardon some of them, as well as an immigration policy separating families. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to The Daily Signal's top news. If you haven't gotten a chance, be sure to check out our morning show right here in this podcast feed where we interview lawmakers, experts, and leading conservative voices. Join us tomorrow morning for The Daily Signal interview edition. Tyler O'Neill will be sitting down with Representative Tom McClintock and John Rutherford to discuss the end of Title 42 and the ongoing border crisis. Also, make sure you subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us to reach more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and a review. We read all your feedback. Thanks again for listening. We all hope you have a great Thursday, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow morning for our interview show. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.